0: Grading STEM projects. I don't love it. You probably don't love it. But in reality, this is something that is increasing in popularity the more we are gaining elementary STEM in our spaces around the world. So, how do you even grade a project like this? In this episode, I'm going to give you some strategies on how to grade a STEM project by using a rubric. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to read another amazing five star podcast review from one of you. This is from Parks Steam, and they say, so helpful. I especially love the six part series broken down by grade level. I struggle with finding things appropriate for kindergarten, so this episode was so helpful. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you so much for your review. Reading these definitely make my day. I absolutely love that this podcast is making a positive difference in your teaching and therefore your students. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment and heading on over to Apple Podcasts and write a five star review, that would mean the absolute world to me. It costs nothing and it helps other teachers like you find this podcast. Over in my Instagram DMs at Naomi Meredith underscore, I got a message from one of you and you wrote me saying, hi, Naomi, just found your podcast and loved it. I tried to see if you already talked about this, but my steam is struggling with grading. Do you have an episode on how you do grading in your room? This is an excellent question. And I have actually received similar questions from a lot of you out there over on my Instagram DMs and also by way of email. And it is an important concept to consider. Now, spoiler alert, I technically didn't have to grade and give grades when I was a K-5 STEM teacher. I know that sounds absolutely insane, and you might be saying, what? That's not fair. I know it kind of wasn't fair because PER and music did have to give grades and I did not. I was told because there aren't any STEM standards in Colorado that I wasn't required to give grades. So I didn't, but I always thought about it if they ever changed their minds or they ever said when grading times came around, I had a plan in mind if that was something that I needed to do. And have no fear, this isn't a fluffy episode where I just pulled something out of thin air. This is literally exactly how I would grade projects. When I taught in the classroom, I would grade projects like this. And I also was on committees to grade things using rubrics and also to design them for these types of things. I did a lot of project-based learning when I was a classroom teacher, and so I was going to be using that experience if I ever were to grade. So don't write me off saying you don't know what you're talking about. I do, and this is exactly how I would grade a STEM project and really any hands-on project. First, you want to make your STEM projects standards-based. Now, when you're thinking about backwards design and you are planning your lessons, you should be looking at the standards anyway, because this is going to make it a lot harder to grade if your lessons aren't standards-based to begin with. You do want to keep this in mind, and that is why in my entire K-5 STEM year-long plan of lessons, all of them are rooted in NGSS standards, along with an integration of Common Core literacy and math standards, and also the ISTE standards for students. All of my projects that I do K-5 through are revolved around this. And if it ever came down to grading, I wouldn't be stressed out because I knew my lessons were standards-based, even when we were doing something with robots, even when we were doing something with makerspace or coding. It all connected together. So you need to go and start there. I do have some episodes that talk all about how to plan a STEM lesson. So those will be linked in the show notes if you need some help with that. But you need to start there. You need to have your lessons be standards-based because what are you going to grade them on? Now, maybe your school grades on character traits like collaboration, critical thinking. Amazing. Awesome. There actually are some common core standards in speaking and listening that talk about explaining ideas and working together as a group. But if you're going to have to really grade, think about your lessons. You might need to start there. With the grading piece. If you're just doing surface level activities where they're just playing with robots for the day, you might need to rethink what you're doing with your kids. From there, so let's say, okay, Naomi, I do this, I plan with standards in mind. How are we gonna do this? How are we going to assess these projects? And like I mentioned, I like to use a rubric because it has a whole variety of things when it comes to an actual project and when you are designing a rubric i highly recommend creating a rubric that involves the process versus the product it has both of those intertwined so again if you are planning with the standards you might have ways where students are demonstrating a specific science standard in their actual project and that might might be the grade level indicators that you put in the rubric and then of course you go up from there so i like to use a Four point rubric, four being the highest, one being the lowest, and then three and two are in the middle. So three would be what I would expect for a grade level, two, they need to do it with support. Four is above and beyond. One, they didn't do it all, like they might have some things. Maybe they are absent. And so having those indicators, maybe you have those specific science standards. How are they demonstrating this in the project? How are they demonstrating specific math concepts in their project? Are they doing specific parts in the engineering design process? Are they demonstrating those things? So you're merging in those standards together where they maybe have five different levels. Some of the standards actually would overlap. So just the way that you write the rubric is really important as well so that students can find success and also, if you create this rubric while you are planning, then you know how you should teach the lesson so that students can be successful in this overall grade. You could give, honestly, whatever points you want. If you had five categories, each category is worth 20. That is correct. That is the correct math. That is the M and STEM. Good job, Naomi. But if you do that, then you could have a score out of 100 and you would be good to go. Creating standards-based rubrics is actually one of the two updates that I am putting in my K-5 through STEM year-long plan of lessons, because this is actually a really highly requested feature that I told you a lot of you have been asking about. So this is something, if you see the lessons, my lessons that are $10, uh, if you see that price difference, then that means I have updated those lessons with me teaching the lesson, So you actually get to hear how I teach the lesson to students. I create a video about me actually explaining the whole thing in the product. And then there's also an update with standards-based rubrics and also more math connections. So um, the sooner you jump in on those, the better. You get all the updates for free. And so you actually can have a rubric already set up for you. For that main grade level that I plan it for. And then if you need to adjust it for other grades, you can have a sense of what that could be like. And finally, when you are creating rubrics for your students, I highly recommend to write it in kid friendly language. If you have students second through fifth grade, this actually might be a little bit easier because you're writing it in a way that if they read the rubric or if they were self assessing, they could understand what is happening. I recommend doing self-assessment on these rubrics with your students, that can be a whole other topic, but that way you're not creating two different rubrics. When I taught writing, we graded on the student-friendly rubric, so then there wasn't any miscommunication of what they needed to add and then it made sense. This might be a little more tricky for K and two, maybe a little bit of second grade, where you might have to add some images on this student-friendly rubric, But honestly, you could do the same thing. You could still grade them on the same thing. It doesn't have to be this whole overcomplicated thing when it comes to creating a rubric for students. Write it in a way that a student would understand. And that way, you as a teacher be like, okay, they did this or they didn't do this. So then you don't need to create two different things. That is my philosophy on it, especially if you're making it standards based anyway. Why do you need to have the teacher language? Now, maybe you have. Student examples on the side of, oh, here's what a three looks like, here's what a two looks like. Awesome. But really, it saves a lot of time. You're getting at the same idea. If it's standards based, you'll be good to go. If you are interested to see in exactly how to create a rubric from scratch where it is a four point system, learning how to put the standards together and putting together that process first product. I invite you into the self-paced signature course of mine, STEM Teacher 101, where there's a new module that is all about how to grade using a rubric. So there's a section already about self-assessment and explaining rubrics and different ways to do that and examples for you. And then the new module is actually going to walk you through how I create a rubric with that process-first product and really the whole explanation of that. As a recap, here are the three ways that we talked about on how you can grade students' STEM projects using a rubric. First is making sure that your lessons and the rubric itself is standards-based. Next, we talked about creating a rubric that has a combination of the process of how the project is made and also the final product. And third, we talked about writing those rubrics in kid-friendly language. It will save you time. And also as the teacher, understand, hey, this is what is expected for this type of project. As a reminder, don't forget to jump on in on my signature course, STEM Teacher 101. It is never too late to jump on in our community of teachers. And I am continuously listening to you and seeing the needs that you are wanting for your STEM space and adding in those modules. And also the cool thing about it, I added a private podcast feature. So if you are busy on the go, like most teachers out there, then every single module has a podcast pairing. So when you sign up, you get that private podcast and you can actually listen to the whole entire course and not feel like you have to be stuck on the computer watching my cute little face. So I invite you in there. The link will be in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, namwemerideth.com, to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.